Imagine a church where every member is passionately, wholeheartedly, and recklessly calling the shots. I don't know who sets the worship center temperature, but why does it have to be so cold? Why do you have to be so right? Heated chairs are now being installed. This one wants a small church, but I'm afraid if it's too small, they're going to make me volunteer like crazy. And I don't stack chairs, do I? Makes total sense. Join now and we'll let you decide the size of our church. We're millennials, and we want a church that... Say no more. Any requests you have will be granted immediately. Parking is horrible. It takes me almost six minutes to get from my car to the building. It's going to take me six seconds to tell you a valet service is on the way. My pastor's preaching, it's all over the map. I say, oh, I don't know, stick with the books of the Bible. We should be only exegetical. Okay, next week we start John chapter 1, verse 1. And we'll even start pronouncing that word the way you said it. Hey, I'd like this sermon to be no longer than 30 minutes. How does 15 minutes sound? Hey, anybody willing to go 15 should be willing to go to 10. (laughs) You drive a hard bargain. But from now on, five-minute sermons it is. (laughs) Now you're talking. Me Church, where it's all about you. Aren't you glad we didn't? Aren't you glad we didn't uh, name our church the Me Church? The Me Church. But that—that's uh, that is a reality we're living in these days. Not just in one church, in most churches. We're trying to uh, appeal to our customers. And that is not what God has called us to do. God has called us to serve God and to do the things that God has told us to do the way He says we need to do it. Interesting uh, interesting video. But just as we're watching this video right now, we, we live in a world that selfishness stands out. Selfishness stands out in this world today. A lot of people in the world have been contaminated by this way of thinking. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. And every man for himself. People for the most part are willing to do whatever it takes as long as it makes them feel good. It doesn't matter if they're they're hurting others in the process. But it's about me. People at work today, they, 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 they don't care. They're your friends today and they betray you tomorrow so they can get your position. Families are destroyed every day because of selfishness. And in our society, for the most part, society has lost the sense of serving others without expecting, uh, you know, as, as long as they expect something in return, they will serve. And they will do things. And if, if you are doing something, what's the cash for me? I heard the story about a pastor in Kansas City. He was organizing opportunities for people in his church to do small acts of kindness and as demonstrations of Christ's love in the community. And he phoned several neighborhood grocery stores and laundromats and uh, for permission to do specific service, services in those places. And in one phone call that he did, in one phone call, 
Uh, the employee who answered the phone hesitated and then said, I'll need to ask my manager. I mean, the pastor wanted to go and serve them, help them with something. But first, l- l- let me ask my manager, but first let me make sure I understand what you're telling me. You want to come to our property, clean up our parking lot, retrieve shopping cars for us, hold umbrellas for the customers, and you don't want anything in return? I mean, this guy is shocked and surprised that the pastor wanted to do acts of kindness to the community by doing that, and he couldn't believe it was for free. And the pastor said, yes, that's right. After a moment, the employer returns uh, to the phone, and he said, I'm sorry, my manager says he cannot let you do that because we let you do that, then everyone's going to want to do it too. And that's silly. Why not let everybody else serve? Wouldn't that be wonderful if everyone found a way to serve? It would be a little heaven on earth. Do you want to find a little bit of heaven on, at home? Have a home where families serve each other. Do you want to find a little bit of a little bit of heaven at work? It would be amazing if everybody would serve one another at work. Do you want to find a little bit of heaven in your relationships? It would be amazing if in our relationships we would serve one another. We should learn to serve one another because that's what God wants us to do. But, but in a selfish world, this is what happens to me, church. Instead of leave in a selfish, you know, living in a selfish world the way we are, in which everyone cares for them, themselves and, and not looking for the interest of others, whatever you do, do whatever you do to make you, you know, that makes you feel good. Don't, don't worry about anybody else. That's what the world's saying. A self-centered society where people will get what they want at any cost to others including in the church, the me church. Someone said, to be happy, we must not be too concerned with others. The world says, you have needs, satisfy them. You have as much right as the rich and the mighty. Don't hesitate. Satisfy your needs. Indeed, expand your needs and demand more. These are my rights which a lot of believers have fallen into the trap of these are my rights. You know believers have no rights, right? The only rights we have is whatever God says. So there's really no rights. We're under His kingdom. It's His kingdom. He's our king. He sets the pace. This is the world we live in. And He has, the church has has been contaminated with that mentality. It's not about serving others. It's about serving me. So don't think that that affects me, that he said he wants sermons, 10-minute sermons. You still go for an hour with me. Just kidding. I tried to change that. We can go on and on talking about how selfish the world has become. And this is the way, this is the way most people Leave, but that's not what we should value. As children of God, we are called not to be selfish, but to serve others, 
even if there is nothing in return for me. If we don't understand that as believers, if we don't understand that it's about serving one another, if we don't understand that the reason, the reason God freed you from sin is to serve others in love, then you miss the point. As a matter of fact, look at what Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 says. Galatians 5 verse 13. Let's go, let's go on the screen on the PowerPoint on Galatians 5 verse 13. It says, For you have been called to live in freedom. You have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. You, you know what our sinful nature is? Our sinful nature is, I want to go to the meat church. I want to go to where people can park my car. I don't have to walk 20 meters. I don't have to walk too long to get to the building. I want to be under the air condition. I mean, that is our sinful nature. It's the meat church. And we have to be careful with that. Because a lot of times, we, we, we might say it's all about God, but we make it about us. And that is a sinful act. It is sinful. We, we don't use our freedom to satisfy our own sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. If you're not serving one another in love, you're not using your freedom the way God wants you to use the freedom that He has given you in Jesus. The antidote to cure a selfish culture is to care for others by serving them in love. If we have not understand that in the years or whatever time we have as being believed, from being believers, then we have missed the point. It's not about me. When you serve your family, when you serve your kids, when you serve your wife, when you serve your husband, it's not about you. It's about doing what God has called you to do with your family. It's not about you. It's about serving others because Jesus is the perfect example of that. In fact, Jesus Himself said it in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. He says, for even, check that out, even the Son of Man came not to be served. The Son of Man, God Himself, did not come to serve. So who am I? They got to serve my desires. They got to serve my purpose. They got to serve what I want, what I like. Who said that? No, Jesus said, it's not about me. I came to serve, but to serve, I came to serve others, not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life in ransom for many. And, and I want you to remember one thing. The word serve, being a servant in the Bible, it comes from the word in Greek, doulos. You know what the word in Greek, doulos means? The word in Greek, doulos, means you are a slave of a third kind. You're not the best of the slaves, but you are the slave of the lowest. And the Bible says, basically, Jesus came to be that servant. And a lot of times, we have a hard time serving our family. We have a hard time serving our wives, our, our, our husbands. We have a hard time serving one another because things don't go my way. Because I want to be in my, the me church. Reality is that as human beings, so many times we have to fight our own selfishness. 
we have to fight our own selfishness to be able to serve others. Our fourth value in this church is serve one another. Serve relationally. If you are part of Hope City Church, God wants you to learn to serve one another. If even Jesus came to serve them, then what are we here for? To serve ourselves or to serve others? To serve our families? To serve our church? To serve our community? If this is one of our values, if, if it is a value, if, if it is a personal value, if it is a family value, if it is a life value, if it is a church value, then we need to understand what it means to be a servant. To be a servant, the world sees servant as, you know, if you have a position, because the world sees serving as a position. Now you have a position, you're on top of everybody. And everybody under you serves you. You're not the servant. You are the CEO. But in the Bible, Jesus said it clearly. You are not to be the CEO. You are to be the servant. You are to be in the bottom so you can serve others. And when you learn to serve others, then you're adding value to people. When you're serving your kids, you're adding value to your kids. When you're serving your wife, you're adding value to your wife. When you're serving your husbands, you're adding value to your husbands. When you're serving in the church, you're adding value to the people that belong to God in the church. It's not about you. It's about God. It's about building others. It's about serving others. It's about pouring your heart to the life of others. You know, a lot of times we just don't get that. But that's what the Bible teaches left and right. And that's why, uh, let's start by understanding what, what, what it means to be a servant like Jesus was. If we were at least to understand 1% of the type of servant Jesus was, our lives would be transformed. 1%. There are some fundamental truths about serving. And let me begin with this fundamental. And pay attention to this one. Because I'm going to try to go, I won't go 10 minutes, but I'll try to go. With whatever time I have left. Serving. It's not about position. It's about submission. Most Christians. Believe serving is about position. Not submission. I'm going to say it again. Serving is about. What is it? It's not about what? It's not about position. The world does that. Serving is about submission. Let, let me bring you to a, a clear illustration in the Bible of a passage when Jesus was, was talking to His disciples. When Jesus was talking to His disciples in Mark chapter 10. And, 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 and you'd probably be surprised if you haven't paid attention to this detail. But there's a detail here. That when Jesus was, was talking to His disciples, Jesus has been telling His disciples, I, I am going to be killed. About a week from now, they are going to kill me. About a week from now, I'm going to go to prison. About a week from now, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be taken away from you guys. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. But I will rise from the dead three days later. So here is Jesus telling them how He's about to suffer. What do you think the disciples 
reaction should have been? What should be the, the reaction of the disciples? Lord, are you serious, Lord? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get hurt? They're going to do all those things to you? Do you think that's the reaction the disciples had? No. The reaction was selfish about me. It's all about me. So, in this, in this moment, let, let me read it to you. So you, you don't think I'm making it up, right? They were now on the way up to Jerusalem. And when they were on their way up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was talking ahead of them, uh, walking ahead of them, I'm sorry, the disciples were filled with awe. And the people following behind were were overwhelmed with fear. Um, Taking the twelve disciples aside, Jesus said once more, began to describe everything that was about to happen to him. He's describing that he's going to be hurt. He's going to suffer. He's going to die. Listen, he said, we're going up to Jerusalem where the Son of Man will be betrayed for, uh, to, to the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law. They will sentence him to die and hand, uh, hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him, spit, him, uh, spit on him, flog him with a whip and kill him. But after three days, he will raise, rise from the dead. Jesus is teaching about what he was going to go through. The disciples' response was this. James and John, two of the closest, two of the closest disciples to Jesus, came over and spoke to him and said, Teacher, we want you to do us a favor. Jesus had just said, he just finished saying he's going to die. Okay, what is your request, Jesus asked. They reply, they reply, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor. Can you believe this? They are worried about position, not about what Jesus was about to go through. And that is the normal mentality of human beings. We like position. We like to be told we have a title. That is unfortunate, but it's reality. And Jesus, Jesus is just looking at these guys, probably wondering, what in the world is going on with you guys? I just told you I'm going to die. I just told you I'm going to die. And it was like less than a week later, that's when he was going to be apprehended and taken to jail. And they're worried, Jesus, can you tell me who's going to be, is my brother going to be on the right or am I going to be on the left or on the right? Who's, what position are we taking on this? They were requesting positions. Jesus tells them, you don't understand. You've been with me for three years and you don't get it. You don't understand what you're asking about. And Jesus told them in verse 38, but Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. You know, the disciples didn't get it. And Jesus knew they, they did not understand anything He had just said because they were not thinking about what Jesus... Have you ever talked to a person like that before? When you're telling a person how you feel, you're telling a person what's hurting you, you're telling a person, and the, and the person all of a sudden they reply to you with something that has nothing to do with what you just told them. And you feel like, did you even pay attention to what I said? And the disciples are worried about position 
And Jesus said, you guys don't understand what you guys are talking about. And so Jesus is basically giving them a lesson about submission. It's not about position, Jesus said. It's about submission. And he said, so if you want positions, are you willing to submit? That is the question. And Jesus says, are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering? Look at do, two times. Look at that. Two times he says, are you willing? Are you willing to drink suffering? Are you willing to be baptized with suffering? Are you willing to submit to the will of God for, for that purpose? And without them knowing what they were talking about, they said, oh yes, they replied. We're able. Do you know how James, tradition says that James died beheaded? Herod beheaded James, right? That's how he died. Do you know how John died? Well, let me ask you. Do you know how John, before he died, you know how, what he went through? They, were not, they didn't know what they were talking about, but they said, we're willing to. You know that John was the only disciple to die of a natural death? But when he died, before he died of a natural death, do you know that they tried to cook him alive in an oil, in a, in, in a pot of oil? They did not understand what they were talking about. Yes, we're willing to submit. As long as we get a position, we're willing to submit. Are you willing to submit to the Father's decision, Jesus was telling them basically, for your position? In verse 40 he says, but I have no right. Jesus said this. I have no right to say, who will sit on my right or on my left? Watch this. God has prepared those places for the ones He has chosen. It's not about what we want to do or how we want to serve. It's who God wants it to do and what God wants that person to serve. The position comes from the sovereign will of God. When we serve, God is the one who calls the shots where we serve, how we serve. God is the one who calls the shots. It's prepare. Whatever you're serving in, it was prepared for you to serve in that. Whatever is put before you, it is prepared for you to serve in that position. And only God in His sovereign will knows where He's going to place you because He knows what gifts He's going to give you. And when we serve God, we serve Him in the position He wants to place me, knowing the position I want to be. That is a fundamental truth about serving. I'm not going to go look to serve and where I want to serve, but I need to serve and where God has placed me to serve. If God placed me in a family, for sure God wants you to serve your family. If God has placed you at work, God wants you to be a servant at work. If God placed you in a church, God wants you to submit and be a servant in that church. That is a value God wants us to be aware of. And it's a place that is prepared. And if God doesn't want you there, God will remove you. If God doesn't want you to be removed, God will not allow it to be removed. 
But when God gives you an assignment, He gives you an assignment. And if He wants to switch your assignment, God will switch your assignment. It's not about what we want. We don't belong to ourselves. Did you know that? Did you know that we belong to God? I mean, if you belong to God, you understand He will switch you and move you around as He pleases. Not where you want. Not where you are pleased. It's not... I mean, unless we look for the meat church. So we can reach the community. Oh, we want this. Oh, come on. We have it over here. It's all about you. No, it's about God. And it's about God only. So Jesus told them, you know, even if you are willing to do this, it's still the position you are. And a lot of times, you know, we we might think, you know what? No, this is not fair. This is not right. No, you know what? God will do whatever He wants in His church. It's about God. God in His sovereign will will already, He already knows what ministry, what family, what kids He's going to place you to serve there. We are supposed to serve one another. Can you imagine in a, in a home, what a little bit of peace of heaven that would be when husbands are always looking forward to serve their wives and their kids. When wives are always willing to serve their husband without nagging, without doing anything, you know, against their husbands, or fighting with each other, but they're just serving one another. Can you imagine if the me church disappears and the God church becomes one church where we serve one another and we love one another, and when we see people that come from the outside, we are here to serve those people. Not my way, but I want to serve those people God's way. I want to make sure I'm understanding. I want to make sure I have empathy with those people. You know, uh, there's been times when I'm preaching at other churches. And maybe there's a little kid crying somewhere over there. And I I tell adults all the time, let the kid cry. It doesn't bother me. And I'm saying that right now, right here. Let the kid cry. It doesn't bother me. It bothers me when adults... Being adults are not acting like adults. But kids are kids. And a lot of times we are here to serve those parents. We're not here to tell them how to do, how to do things. We are here to serve them. We are here to love on them. We are here to be the church of God, not the me church. So the disciples' reaction, the, the, final, the final reaction Jesus had with them, it was this. Verse 41 Because it's about submission, not about position. The disciples' reaction in Jesus' final teaching, He he tells them in verse 41, when, When the ten other disciples heard that James and John had asked, Oh, they were... Indignant, he, They were upset with James and John. How, how dare they went ahead of us? In other words, they also wanted to ask for positions. How dare they do that? They went ahead of us. So Jesus called them all together and said, Here is the lesson, guys. You guys want to have positions? It's about positions with you? Is that what you want? You know that the rulers of this world lord over it. Lord Lord it over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. That is the world. But here, in God's kingdom, in God's church, it's not about that. 
he tells them, you know that the rulers of the world, the authority, uh, uh, verse 43, but among you, it will be different. And we need to get that. We need to get that. It will be different. That's why when, when you get home from work, if you have a, a homestaying wife or, or, or if you have a homestaying husband, that, 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 that happens now. You know that, right? It's not about what they can do for you. It's what can you do for them. It's about serving one another. And then he, he said, he told them, among you, it should, shouldn't be like that. It should be different. You guys belong to God's kingdom. Whoever wants to be a leader, whoever wants to have a position among you must be the what? Your servant. You know what that word, the, the other word used for servant, the word doulos, means slave. Does it sound good? Am, am, am I your slave? Yes. Does it sound good? No. Does it sound popular nowadays with the culture? No. No, we're free. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, right. That's what the world wants you to think. But that's not what God wants you to think. You become a slave to God to serve others, beginning with your families, with your community, with the people at work, and with your church. And he said, no, no, whoever wants to have a position, they need to learn to be a servant. It's about submission, not about position, people. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. How funny that is, right? Are you willing to be the slave? Or is our ego so big that we want to be served, not to serve others? So a lot of times it's about what I want. And if things don't go the way I want, that, that's the reason why James chapter 4 says that a lot of times we have problems at homes. In our homes, we have problems because husbands and wives, they want things their way and they fight with each other. Kids want things their way and they fight with their parents. But that's not different in the churches. People want things their way and they fight with each other because I want it my way, not God's way. And that is selfish. If you don't believe it, read James chapter 4. Whoever wants to be the first among you must be the slave of everyone else. You want to do that? You want to be God's man, God's woman? Be the servant of everyone else. Be the slave of everyone else. Jesus closed with this thought. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give His life as ransom for many. you believe that? If Jesus Himself did that, He humbled Himself, He became a servant, He became a slave to be able to serve others. How come, how come we see life different? How come it's about us? Value number four, serve intentionally. I, I love it. It's about, it's about serving. It's, about, it's, it's not about position. It's about submission. And in Philippians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul also told the, the church in Philippi, 
He said, serving is not about position, it's about submission. And he says in chapter 2, verse 5, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. You want to be a good Christian? You want to be a Christian who serves his family, her family, who serves people at work, who serves people at the community, who serves people at church? You might have the same attitude Christ Jesus had. What was that attitude? Though he was God, so he had the power. He had the position. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Yeah, I am God, so I'm not going to humble myself. Jesus said, no, I am God, but I'm willing to humble myself for your benefit. Why do we have a hard time doing that as human beings? Why do we have a hard time making things about the benefit of others, but... We make it about us. When we become servants. You know, there's a difference between a servant and a volunteer. A volunteer is a person when things don't go their way, they're always complaining. A volunteer is a person who says, well, yeah, they asked me to do this, but I'm the only one doing this. And this other person doesn't do anything. And look at them. They're eating donuts and drinking coffee while I'm doing this. And our church kind of happens, that happens, right? Where people are drinking coffee and donuts and stuff like that. You know, it's, when you're a volunteer, you nag and complain about everything. When you're a servant, you understand that is your calling from God. God has called you to humbly serve others with the loving attitude. Not with the nagging attitude. Not with the complaining attitude. Because then you're not serving God, you're serving yourself. That is a reality. God, Jesus, though He was God, He didn't think equality of God as something to cling to. Instead, He gave up His divine privilege. Are we willing to give up our, div- our privileges? Because a lot of times we think we have too many privileges. We're privileged people. I mean... Go with me next year to the family camp in Mexico and see how privileged it is over there. Just across the board. As a matter of fact, we are going to put together, we are going to put together a team of people to go and minister to the kids. Hopefully, if the elders approve it, this will get done in December. But we're going to go serve. We're going to have some of our young people understand what serving means. Not just when you have air condition. But what is like to serve when it's cold, when there's no heating, when there's no air condition? What is that like? What, how are you serving others? Do you give up your privileges? He took the humble position of a what? Slave. Jesus did that for you. Why don't you do that? What's the big problem? Is it a big ego? We need to humble ourselves. He took the position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God. So serving is not about position, it's about submission. So when you're serving your family, when you're serving your wife, when you're serving your kids, you are serving God by serving them as a humble servant. When you serve in the community, when you serve in the church, you're serving God by serving people. So it's important to understand it's not about position, it's about submission. 
If you're willing to submit to God's will, remember, it's God who chooses the position for you, not you. If God called you to be the man of your home, be the man of your home. And be the loving leader He's calling you to be. If God called you to be the wife, be the wife and respect the man the way the Bible says. And let's serve one another and let's make let's make God let's make God, let's make God a smile when we do His will, not ours. Serving like Jesus served is to do things without expecting recognition or reward from men. That is serving like Jesus served. Was he expecting people to reward him? To recognize what he did? No, he did it for his obedience to, to the Father. A lot of times when we serve, if we know the servant is a value, we should serve without expecting anything in return. A lot of times I hear people say, and this is through the years I heard this, it's because they don't recognize, uh, Pastor, my wife doesn't recognize my efforts. Pastor, my husband, he comes home, he takes off his shoes, he throws them everywhere. He takes, his, he takes everything except his, his underwear, right? And throws it everywhere. And I'm the one who's picking up after him. I can, can't handle this anymore. A lot of times people will not appreciate what you do. But you got to know one thing. God will not forget what you do. So don't expect people to thank you. You know, I get a lot of times people pass by me. They don't even say hi. Do I get bothered? I don't care. I get a reward from him. He's the one who will reward me. I got to be faithful to what he's calling is. Look at what Hebrews chapter 6 says, verse 10. It says, for God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him. God will not forget me. People will forgive me. People will not care. A lot of times that's the attitude. Because we're sinful in nature. But God says, I will not forget about you. And how you have shown your love to God, to Him, by caring for other believers. All you got to do is care for other people, serve other people. Don't worry if you get rewarded, if you get recognized. Just let God do His thing. God will be the one who will recognize you. God will be the one who will reward you. If you expect perfect things from imperfect people... You're done. We can only expect perfect things from a perfect God, but not from imperfect people. As you still do. And, and, and our greatest desire, the writer of Hebrews says, our greater desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts. And if, you, if you're loving them, you will serve them. People will not always appreciate your kids will not always appreciate Oh, Do they always say thank you? No, they don't. They don't always say, unless you... Did you say thank you? No, thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. They don't always appreciate that. Unless they don't get it. Then they realize, oops, we didn't, we didn't get it. We better say thank you. That happens in churches too. I'll tell you one thing. There is, there is a, 
there's a, there's a few people that I admire in this church. But I'm going to mention, well, one of them is Tim. I admire Tim. He's a young man who serves and serves and serves. And I never hear Tim nagging. Never. I nag. I go and cry with him. I go in his office and he knows I'm going to spend a half an hour there. Hey Amen. what do you think? What's your, what's, your, what's your take on this? And Tim, he's listening. And see what happened? I mean, I was... I got on my knees the other day to pray. Tim is a pillar. But there's another man in this church who... If you haven't been in this church for a long time, you will not know him. And that is Don, Don Lansing, his dad. Yesterday, I'm sitting in my office... And as I'm sitting in my office, I'm hearing this weird noise. I'm like, is there a big rat in the attic? Seriously. I kept on hearing, poop. I'm like, Dan, are you around? Yeah, I'm around. I, I don't know if there is a person or a rat in the, in the attic. You know, it didn't take five minutes for Dan to get here. And he was getting ready for a trip that he just left this morning. Did we see eye to eye in the beginning? No. Believe me, we had some encounters. But after understanding where his heart was, and after he understood where my heart was, he's a a servant. He is here, I mean, he is here three, four, five days, six days out of the week, and he's just serving. Because it's about submission, not about position. Because he's about expecting the rewards from God, not from people. Serving like Jesus served is when you serve others as if you're serving God himself, not them. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 22 through 24, verse 23 actually through 24, Paul tells the Colossians church, work willingly. And the word willingly is the same word for heart. Work heartedly. Put your heart into this. Don't do it like, you know, uh, nobody else wants to do it, so I'll take it. I'll do it. Work willingly at whatever you do. As though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Now, let me tell you, how do, how do you identify when you're working for people and not for the Lord? When there is a problem and you get discouraged and you stop serving the Lord, then you were not serving the Lord. You were serving people. Because when people hurt you, whether they did it on purpose or not, and you stop serving God, you're not serving God. You're serving people because you stop because of people. When you serve in the Lord, you keep on serving no matter what. You keep on serving faithfully. And if you don't get that, it's important that you understand what the Bible says. Work for the Lord, not for people. So when you're working for the Lord, you continue serving the Lord faithfully until He tells you different than that. Because it's about serving one another. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward. 
And that the master you are serving is Christ. Not the person you're doing it for. In reality, you're serving Christ. And last, serving like Jesus served. You have to be motivated by love. You can serve people without loving them. But you cannot say you love people and not serve them. Remember what one of our presidents said at one point. It's not what your country can do for you. So I tell you, it's not what your church can do for you. It's what can you do for your church. It's not what your wife can do for you. What can you do for your wife? It's not what your kids can do for you. What can you do for your kids? It's not what your husband can do for you. What can you do for your husband? It's what can you do for others? It's not about me, church. It's about, it's about others. It's about serving people. Because if Jesus came to serve, I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve. You can serve without loving people, but you cannot tell me you love those people and stop serving them. Because then you're not serving God, you're serving yourself. And I don't, I don't apologize for what the Bible says. Show me somebody who keeps on serving people like Jesus did, no matter what. He kept on serving them. He kept on being faithful. He went, he was as faithful as going to the cross, even though those people who he, been, he had been healing, he had been ministering to these people, they were saying, crucify him. He kept on serving them. How dare they turn their back on him? He kept on serving. Because it's about serving others and fulfilling God's will, not mine. It's about serving people. If in this world, you don't learn to serve people, I don't know who you are and how you are or what you claim to be. Because it's about people. But serving them the way God has called you to serve them. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3 says, you, you can give everything. You can burn your body. That's what it says. It says you can burn your body, you can die, you can kill, you, you can do whatever you want, but if you do it without love, you have gained nothing. And when you do it with love, let, let me tell you, when you serve others with love, you don't nag, you don't complain, because you know you're serving God and you're serving them in love. Once you hear a person nag or complain, then they're serving themselves. That's what the Bible says. Let's serve God. Let's serve one another the way Jesus served us. It doesn't matter what you do. If you don't do it in love, it's worthless. If you serve your kids, if you're cleaning, if you're teaching, if you're playing instruments, you know, if you're a greeter, if you're in your family, if you are serving with the youth, the kids' ministries, if you have to do this without love, then it's worthless. It doesn't count before God. We should value what God values. 
selfless actions, relationships built with selfless actions in a selfish world. When you strive to sacrificially serve serve others, it's not what others can do for you. It's what can you do for others. It's not about you. It's about God. It's not about building me. It's about building His kingdom. When we have the right perspective about serving, when we have the biblical perspective about serving, we will serve God without expecting anything from other people. But the rewards will come from the Lord. So when you're serving your family, don't expect your kids or other people in your family to say thank you. Just do it because you love them. When you serve in the church, just do it because you love God. And if people pass you by and they don't say hi, don't worry about it, you're serving God. Keep on serving. Because you're adding value to people when you serve them. It's about God and others, not about me. So let's get rid of the me church. Father, we thank you so much this morning for your word. And we thank you so much this morning for the value of serving others. What a blessing, Jesus, to know that you were willing to be a slave. That you were willing to serve others without expecting in spite of everything that went on that day when you were crucified how people betrayed you and turned their backs on you you kept on serving them to the point of dying in that cross therefore Lord help us to serve one another help us to serve our families help us to serve our communities Help us to serve our church and just to serve sacrificially. Because that is your will to our lives. In your name we pray.